Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks for October 16th, 2015. I am Jason DeFilippo. Guten Tag, Jason. I'm Brian Schulmeister. Guten Tag and welcome back, Brian. How was your trip? It was pretty awesome. Way too short. But uh, it was it was awesome. I had a great time. It was. Uh, it's been a long time since I've... Uh, taken a a really interesting trip uh, throughout Europe going places I don't normally go meaning just London and have work involved there was no work involved it was uh it was great I had a wonderful time and I'm very sad to be back and I'm not having any giant pretzels for breakfast <laughs> pretzels and beer basically. pretzels and beer and uh, bratwurst and schnitzel um, basically just deliciousness everywhere well that's good what what uh, what all did you do uh, let's see. I did, uh, we, we went to Toronto for two days to visit the in-laws and, and see all the friends that, uh, we have there. Uh, then went off to London for two days, visiting with friends and just kind of doing the normal London things that I like to do. Uh, then, uh, I was off to Germany for basically a week, a couple of days in Munich, uh, train up to Leipzig where I saw the German national team, uh, basically win their, uh, win their way into the next year's, uh, European cup. Uh, that was awesome. And uh, then up to Berlin for two days and then home. Did you do any dancing in Berlin? No dancing in Berlin. Uh, by the time we got to Berlin, it was uh, we were just exhausted. So it was kind of like trudge around and find more beer. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it would have been great to stay longer. But then again, uh, when I do those kind of vacations, we kind of go, we play hard. So pretty tired. And uh, the jet lag coming back was pretty extreme. So good times though. I, I had a fantastic time and I did notice a couple different things about, about tech over there, uh, particularly, you know, the wireless thing, because uh, I haven't screamed about this for a while, but as, as we've all noticed, uh, all in is, is going away. You, there is no more unlimited access to bandwidth anymore. And it's been that way in Europe forever, which is why you will not find very much free Wi-Fi. Uh, companies don't do it uh, because they have to pay their bills and uh, they can't have 10,000 people jumping on their wireless and doing whatever they want or jumping on their Wi-Fi and doing whatever they want. So, so Wi-Fi is, is hard to come by. So what did yeah. you do? Well, you do the best you can. Uh, we always make sure that uh, whatever hotel we go to, we make sure that they have free Wi-Fi. And, you know, there, there are some free services, um, but basically I just wait until I got somewhere that had Wi-Fi and, uh, I wasn't on my phone very much, which was fantastic. <laughs> it um, is a vacation after all. Yeah, so it is a vacation. But, you know, even nowadays, because we live in this stupidly connected world, it's uh, you want to put up your Instagrams and, and do your little posts and your check-ins on Facebook and all that sort of thing. And that is one thing I totally noticed uh, about just kind of phone etiquette and, and the ubiquity of, of people just on their phones all the time. Uh, there's a massive difference between London and, and all of Germany, as I went through, I mean, London is even worse than LA. Everybody has their phone in front of them all the time. Uh, London was always a crazy city to try to walk around because it's so many people and just it, it's it's unbelievably crowded all the time. It is a thousand times worse now because everybody is staring at their damn phone. Nobody's <laughs> looking. I've, I must have had probably a hundred people in just the two days I was there just run into me because they were looking at their phone and not where they were going. Uh, Germany, completely different. Uh, sure, there were occasionally people using their phones, but it wasn't, uh, you know, they would stop, they would move off to the side if they had to make a call or if they wanted to tweet or text or whatever. It wasn't as bad. London is just insane. Uh, the other big difference I noticed is everybody in, in London has an iPhone. 
nobody in Germany has an iPhone. It's all Androids. It's all Samsungs. Interesting. Yeah, it was pretty pretty interesting, really. I, I'm I'm surprised that anything is worse than people on the phone in L.A. But I guess uh, no, nobody walks in L.A. Only tourists walk in L.A. Yeah, there's something to that. And, you know, the London thing, it's, it, you know, if you're down in the tube, the, there's not great service a lot of the time. So as soon as you pop up, you're checking all your stuff frantically. So it, it is a million times worse than than even L.A. is. So, yeah, be careful when if you're walking around in London. Uh, not going there anytime soon. Also, not going to Japan anytime soon. What happened? Um you know, I got this new office. Yeah. And it's expensive. <laughs> Which is why I'm working out of my bedroom. Yes, yeah. So um yeah, finances dictate that the uh the trip goes on hold for a while. But you still get to do your own show next week. Why is that? Because that's the that was the deal. You get a week <laughs> off, I get a week off. Oh, okay. All right. You want to just take a week off? That's cool. All right, Fergal, you're not off the hook. Nope, no, no. <laughs> All right. So I'll do a show with Fergal next week. And I, I'm bummed out for you, man. I'm sorry. Japan is a, is a fantastic place. And I was super excited for you to, to get over there. And do that. I, I, I will still get there probably in the spring. But right now is a really stupid time for me to uh, ski daddle out. Also, uh, yeah, just work stuff. My, uh, my colleague at uh, my day job is going on a three-week trip to China. So mm-hmm. me going on a week trip to Japan, then him going on a trip to China for three weeks, not the best timing right now. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, yeah. that sucks, but, uh, you know, hopefully you'll get over there pretty soon. Oh, I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will. I still have my list of, uh, cool Tokyo hacks from Bonner. So I'm ready to put those <laughs> into action. Excellent. Well, we have a little bit of follow-up. Uh, I mean, this is from two weeks ago since I wasn't around last week, and you know I hope everybody enjoyed last week's episode. Uh, but uh, the Patreon hack basically got a little bit worse. Uh, this is somewhat amusing. There's an online abuse prevention initiative, a nonprofit dedicated to creating open source anti-harassment tools, and they've been funding themselves through Patreon. Uh, they got every one of their supporters got doxxed. Nice. Yeah. Oopsies. <laughs> that sucks. And. Uh, well, so, you know, whatever. I haven't really followed up much with Patreon. I don't know if they've talked anymore about it or if they're just moving on. So it is what it is. But uh, we hope you still go ahead and support us there. Yeah, yeah. I haven't done much following up on it either because uh, it, it's out there. It's done, you know? Yeah. It, it really can't get a whole hell of a lot worse. So. Yeah, no, it's out there. It's done. Hopefully they're they're beefing up their security so it won't happen again. And uh, I don't think that uh, our particular listeners would be a target for any doxing. Yeah, I don't think so. All uh, all 20 of them. So yeah. anyway, last week, well, before you left, we talked about the FanDuel uh, DraftKings kerfuffle mm-hmm. going on. Then we did a little bit more on it last week. Uh, Jordan Cooper gave us a pretty cool rundown on what, uh, wh- at least what the whole thing is. He did some sports explaining to us. Yeah, I, I was listening uh, I was listening to the podcast on the train from, from Munich to Leipzig, and uh, I think he did a very good explanation of the, how the whole system works. Yeah, and uh, maybe uh, the Nevada Gambling Association uh, listened to it too because now you cannot use either one of them in Nevada. This is not a surprise. If it was going to get uh, banned anywhere first, it was, of course, going to be Nevada because they have their own sports betting that goes along everywhere. Um, and uh, I think uh, Jordan made a really good point last week, and, and they talk about it in this article as well that, that uh, you found, which is uh, they're arguing, or DraftKings and FanDuel are arguing that this isn't gambling because it's viewed as a game of skill. And as like Jordan said last week, so's poker. Exactly. Poker is involves skill. Blackjack involves skill. 
the only thing that doesn't involve skill are the fucking one-armed bandits and nobody plays those not serious gamblers anyways no you have to uh you have to beat off an old person with their own uh, oxygen machine to get to a yeah to get to a good slot machine and this just seems like such a no-brainer to me i i really this is one of those times where i just throw my hands up in the air and say are people really this stupid well here's the deal these guys have been flying under the radar for long enough now now the truth is coming out they're not flying under any radar anymore, considering every other fucking commercial is for exactly. one of these. Exactly. That, that's their, that's, well, it's their own goddamn fault for doing that. Yeah, and, and they're making too much money. Yep, they made too much money. Now everybody wants a piece. The FBI is investigating them. You know, this is this is the end of your, yeah. your, your day trade or day sports crappy, whatever the hell it is. If you've got money in those systems, get it out. I mean, we right. covered that last week. Just if you have any money in in those in those uh, systems, get it out as soon as humanly possible because it's not going to be there much longer. Yeah, yeah, totally. Eh, we'll see what happens with all this, but uh, you know, I don't really re- even. I never really followed what happened with just the regular casino gambling type stuff because that was online for a long time. Then it got banned. Then then they were being hosted on offshore servers, and you could still do it. But then I guess you couldn't, and who the hell knows? People are still going to find a way to spend their stupid money. Yeah, well, they got my stepdad for twenty five grand. When you when you come in one day and there's just a Department of Justice logo on the website that you are going to go play some games on, so <laughs> it does go away very quickly. So that's about it. All right, so we will expect to see all these ads stop, and and once again, we'll go back to having just beer commercials for sports. Excellent. In the news. Friend of the show, Brian Blondell, sent me a link that he thought would be of interest to me. I, I almost feel like we've had this exact one before, except it's uh, I can tell that this was only written five days ago. So we've definitely had very similar stories. Uh, it's called The Devaluation of Music. It's on Medium, unfortunately. Um, it's worse than you think. Starving artists have been affected by more than just piracy and streaming royalties. Uh, nothing that we haven't talked about many times here, but I thought it was a really good wrap-up. Uh, that just talks about how it isn't just the piracy thing. It isn't just the streaming and nobody buying albums anymore that's that's causing the problem. Uh, music has become an afterthought to to most people. It's not what it used to be. Um, he talks about the death of context, about how you know we don't have a CD anymore or a record. We just have these tiny little icons. Half the time we don't even have those because you've stolen your MP3s and they didn't have the imagery with it, um, not knowing album tracks anymore, not knowing the names of songs anymore because you're just scrolling through things and how that actually really kind of devalues your your interest in and your connection with music and how, you know, that just builds on itself, how commercial radio sucks and DJs don't no longer, you know, are, are no longer introducing you to new things because they have their, you know, 15 song playlists and that's all they can play and that's that. Oh, speaking um, of that, I now that I have a commute... Uh, yeah. I have a seven minute commute, right? <laughs> yes. And I listen, I have K rock on in the background yeah, because I like Kevin and bean in the morning. Right now, when I get in my car to go home and come back for my like lunch break or take the dog out or something like that, mm-hmm. about seven or eight times out of 10, it's the exact same song that I heard like, like yeah. two hours before. Yeah. I mean, I've, there are five songs on K rock. Yeah, they play five songs on K-Rock. I've completely given up on 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 regular radio. And I used to be kind of somewhat of a fan of like Sirius uh, or the satellite radios because they have channels like, you know, basically the the first wave, which is the 80s alternative music stuff. or And then there's the 90s uh, 
kind of grunge station. Um, and they used to be okay, but now they're the same thing. It, it's it, They play the same, maybe 20 tracks total. And, and this is from a period of time where there are thousands upon thousands of amazing songs that they could be playing. There are bands that just never even play at all. And it, it's just the same fucking 20 songs. And this is on satellite radio. What's the whole point of satellite radio that they would play more stuff than commercial radio? Well, there's no more competition in satellite radio. There's only yeah. one company left. When, I'm when act- Sirius and XM merged, then it was game over. Yeah, and everything is just playlisted there now, too. I'm going to get rid of that. I, I'm not going to pay for it anymore. Um, I'm done with satellite radio because it's a piece of shit, just like regular radio. You know, um, friend of the friend of the show, MXV, he has one of the he's one of the last collectors of the 250 gig iPod. Yeah. And that's what he uses for basically everything. And, I, you know, who knows? Maybe it'll go back to that if you can still find them. If you can find them, I mean, if Apple sold one, I would get one again. Um, I, I would love just have a giant, yeah, I should probably just do that and just get a gigantic brick and leave it in the car and just put it on shuffle and it'll be a thousand times better than anything I'm getting right now. Now, I have not spent a lot of time listening to iTunes, what do they call it, Beat Beat One or whatever the hell that, that station is. Beat the whole, Off. <laughs> beat Off, yeah. The whole point of that and bringing over the, I can't remember, his, his name is escaping me right now, the the English DJ to kind of manage it was that this would be the station that does that. I do remember when I, when it first launched and I was listening to it, I was like, they should, yes, they're playing a, a vast variety of music, but nothing I like. So, so it didn't really matter anyways, but, uh, yeah. And then <laughs> yes, uh, they have a wider variety of shit you know, yes, you'll never a, listen to a bigger variety of shit. Uh, yeah, and then the the article also touches on how the media doesn't really cover music much anymore and doesn't give much interest to it. If the media does cover it, it's Rihanna, and it's more because her tits are out again. Uh, Conflation, which is music is just bundled up with movies and books and everything else on all the stores that you can, like the iTunes store, uh, anti-intellectualism. Okay, well, dude, we've been talking about this yeah. for four and a half minutes. I think, I think we've right, got so, the point. Yeah, it's a good long article telling us why music sucks. Now let's move on to why Uber sucks. <laughs> Uh, I guess they're expanding into same-day delivery service, uh, which I don't understand because it's such a crowded space already. Amazon's doing it. Google's doing it. Blah, blah, blah. But now they're going to do it too. Well, why not? They've got, that's, that's their thing. They move point, you know, shit from point A to point B. That's usually people, but if they can make some money on it, they're going to do it. They've got the infrastructure. They do have the infrastructure, so they're doing it. And uh, now in addition to getting my fat burger and taking my fat ass to the airport, they will bring me fat pants. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Can you get in and out? Although I can see an no. in and out from my window, so I guess yeah. I can walk over. Well, my I don't have one that's that close. No, they haven't made a deal with in and out yet, so uh, they do fat burger. That's the only burger that I've ever seen. But they do bring us, you know, the uh, Santa Monica, the Bay Cities uh, subs, which is very nice. I'm, I'm wondering maybe I can cut a side deal. I'll have uh, I'll I'll just sit in front of In and Out and with and <laughs> sign up for Uber and just say, hey, you know, if you if you want a burger and an Uber, call me. Exactly. In an Uber. So Playboy. Yeah. What about them? I don't know. They announced that they're not going to have nudes in Playboy anymore. So first off, anybody that has access to a computer doesn't find this terribly exciting or interesting. Uh, The only thought I had about it, though, was was, uh, we've talked about this in terms of music and how the, the labels used to be a good filtering system. Playboy was a pretty good filtering system for finding really hot chicks. Yeah, but so is the internet in general right now. I mean, that's, you know, it, it's, I think it's time. I think they should have done this probably five or six years ago. Yeah, well, we still, we shall finally find out if people really do just listen to it or read it for the articles. I seriously don't think that they do. And I think uh, Playboy will probably be out of business in about 10 years. 
Well, you saw that their numbers on the website skyrocketed after they started pulling it, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay, so they do have uh, they do have some proof behind the the pudding here. Well, I, I just don't think anybody's going to pay for their articles, but we'll see. I guess it's advertising model, which we already know doesn't work, but hey, whatever. I tell you what, though, I, I saw one of the, the most insane ads. They are getting so clever now. I, I'm going through an article, and I'm, I'm on my phone, and I'm scrolling through, and then this ad starts to pop up, and I'm like, what the hell? Where's the close button? It's like, no, no, no. You keep scrolling. We're going to show you the ad, and when you get to the other side, you get the rest of the article. It's like really? it was so embedded into the piece. I was just like... That's actually pretty damn clever. Good job. All right. Well, there's some smart people out there still. We'll see what happens. But yeah, Playboy. Oh, well, no more nudes. Yeah. I'm, uh, okay. Yeah. Mm, eh, it's no big deal. I mean, I used to be like, it would be like, okay, well, the celebrities, when you wanted to see a hot celebrity chick, she would do Playboy. But now they just do it for artsy fartsy articles where they do it on the, all these girls, all these celebrity women are like posting Instagrams of themselves naked all the time now. So eh, we don't need Playboy. Yeah. You just go to a celebrity blog. That's all you need to do. Pretty much. Yeah. Now, Twitter has had a lot of issues recently in time, in terms of trying to figure out who the hell's going to run their damn company and who's going to be on the board. Uh, as of Wednesday, they appointed a longtime Google guy, Omid Kordistani. Uh, he is basically their executive chairman now. Okay. He's well-respected in the industry. Uh, there's a lot of flaws with more than just him. Uh, uh, quite a few people on Twitter's board, uh, they, don't use the, they don't use Twitter. Yeah, I'm not now, surprised about this, actually. I, I'm not surprised either. And certainly there's an argument that can be made that basically they just know business and they should be able to run a business. But I would argue that if you're not using your product and trying to convince people to use your product as half of your job, you're not doing your job. No, they should be more well-versed in what Twitter actually does. But yes. yes, these guys are making business deals. The product managers are the ones that should be the power Twitter users. You know, if those are the guys that are making, and gals that are making the decisions on the future of what Twitter is actually going to be as a product, mm -hmm. that's where it needs to be. These guys, you know, it's a public, yes. it's a public company now. These guys are just dealing with business business. Just saying it would probably be helpful, and I would like to see this across uh, other companies as well. Like, I, I think if anybody on Domino's Pizza's board actually ate the fucking pizza every now and then, it'd probably end up being a lot better. Yeah, really. I mean, <laughs> that, that's true. But do we actually give a, give a shit about what these people have to say? No. So I, th I think it's fine that they're not on Twitter because they're, they're probably pretty damn boring to begin with. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and, uh, there's been a move for cell phones recently, uh, AT&T announced, and now, uh, T-Mobile has followed up that they're all working to allow one phone number to work on multiple devices, which probably should have happened about 15 years ago. Um, explain to me what this means. You'll be able to share, uh, a single phone number across multiple devices. I.e., if you have, I, I guess... I'm not entirely sure how this is going to work. That's but, what uh, I'm. That's that's why I, I want to know. If you've got a phone and maybe you've got a, an iPad, uh, the and now you can make calls with your iPad. I don't know. It's going to be all over the place. We'll see. Or maybe this is for like uh, I don't. Who would use? Uh, who would really use this? Like a family, but you wouldn't want the same number. I don't know. Yeah. See, this this makes. I don't want to use one number across multiple devices. I want one number per each device. Like if I want to. I mean, I can see if it's like you know you have a if you get to your house. And then it switches over to your home phones, but you can already do that by pushing things around. I, 
See, yeah, I, you can do a lot of this. this. I mean, basically, down at the bottom, it says, uh, now Splint, Sprint is also looking to it. It would allow a customer's smartphone, tablet, and other devices to share a single phone number. They kind of, oh, use, if you're in the Apple infrastructure, that it does that already. You've got handoff for that. Yeah, you don't need that. I don't yeah. want people calling my iPad in the middle of the night. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, I'd like to be able to shut that down anyways. I mean, I like the idea of having one phone number. If you have multiple devices that have different phone numbers, that would be annoying. But I don't really, there's other ways around this technology already. Yeah. So whatever, non-story. <laughs> well, thanks for bringing that one up. Sorry, I, you know, <laughs> hey, I only got in on Tuesday and I'm jet lagged from all hell. So I found interesting things through them in there and kind of half-ass read them. Now, here's something I bet nobody saw coming. We've been talking a lot about uh, autonomous cars and how Google is is going and Uber are kind of leading the race on all this when all of a sudden Tesla swept in last night and won. Yeah, yeah, they did an over-the-air update and uh, boom, there you go. Boom, if you have a Tesla, you have an autonomous vehicle already. So, wow, nobody saw that one coming. Yeah, I, I, how good is it, though? Nobody knows because it came out <laughs> yesterday. And what I'm really interested in is the legality of this. Like, I thought that like one of the hurdles, especially for Google and Uber who are pursuing this is yeah, this has got to go through testing and approvals and governmental organizations. But all of a sudden now uh, there's just a bunch of Teslas out there that are just doing it. But the thing is, there's a lot of this stuff already out there. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these technologies already exist, uh, the, the self-parking, all that sort of thing. But this is the first time it's just been kind of, it's all over the place. It, it still involves a certain amount of, of activity, of human activity and monitoring. But basically, you can hit a button that you want to you want to switch lanes. You want to go to the right. You You hit a button, and then you can take your hands off the wheel. And when it's safe to do so, the Tesla will go ahead and switch lanes for you. That's cool. I mean... We've, yep. we've already got things like adaptive cruise control and and all so, sorts of other little things. Like the the Merce Mercedes has always been the guys that have been ahead of the curve on this. So this is just, I think, an iteration forward. It's not like, well, I guess the next update they're gonna they, they are gonna have an update that will let it go park in a garage for you and then come back when when you when you're <laughs> ready for it without a driver. All so, I want to be able to do then is use my my Apple Watch to go, Kit, I need you. Yep. <laughs> That will be very, very soon. Except yeah. Siri barely works on <laughs> on my, my watch. Well, yes, there's some hurdles to overcome. But yeah, good good on you, Tesla. I'm glad I bought stock. Uh, I wish I had a car. I don't I, I I wish I could afford a Tesla. Well, they're supposed to be coming out with the uh, more consumer friendly priced model, I think, next year. So we'll see. Yep, yep. I'm just uh, yeah, I want to know more about the technology. I want to I'm going to research that because you know, you look at you look at the Google autonomous cars and they've got lidar and radar and all sorts of gadgets to keep that thing going. Yeah. You know, they've got the little they've got the hat. You look at all those cars, they've got the hat. And uh, this has no hat. This has no hat, but this cuz this is a car built from the ground up to be it's basically a computer. Yeah. So it's more awesome. It's more awesome. I totally want one someday. Yeah. Donate to patreon.com <laughs> because we want Teslas. Oh, it's good to want things. Um, and I want aliens, but uh, I don't think there are aliens out there. There's this story going around about this giant megastructure that's uh, orbiting a star near the Milky Way. Uh, it's, it's been all over everywhere. If you yes. haven't seen it, uh, just open Facebook. The, the thought is that there's, you know, this star out there that has this collection structure around it to get more energy from the sun it's an old science fiction trope and oh yeah they think that they've found it sort yeah. of 
Yeah, there. Uh, you know, people are saying, is this a, a, a huge alien power station in space? This is the kind of thing that advanced technologies would do. All of which is true, um, but it's it's the, <laughs> we don't have any fucking clue. This is so far away. It's just some weird bits of bits of data that are coming through that can't really be explained yet. Cool as shit, though. And yes, this is uh, this is basically almost every sci-fi book I've read in the last twenty years has this concept in it. What's really cool, though, is they are going to get time on Kepler to point at you know get more data from it. Yes, so. let's do that. Let's do that. I mean, there's so many exciting things coming coming from from NASA and from space right now. I mean, you know, a couple of weeks ago we had the whole we definitely found that there was free flowing water on Mars thing. And then the week I was gone, the awesome announcement about Pluto, blue skies and water ice on it. I mean, that's amazing. All the stuff that we're finding out out there, it's just a, you know, it's a matter of time. I don't think that we're going to find intelligent life anytime soon or that we'll have to welcome our new overlords, but I do think that we're going to fu- definitely find uh, you know, micro life in in the not too distant future. I think NASA needs to get on Patreon. I, I think, think that's so the only I, way. I will, gonna... you know, since our government doesn't seem too keen on on funding them, I will happily do it out of my own pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, um, I saw an interesting article on the age. Of, it's called the Age of Profile Anxiety in, on Fusion.net, mm-hmm. and it talks about just how people are, you know, well, there was the people kerfuffle people, yes. with it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how that's going to play out, but probably Look, it, as nothing. It's it's going to play out exactly the way it always should play out, which is it'll it'll launch. It'll be a, a thing for a little while. Uh, but they did what we always desperately tell people you need to do. They switched it to be opt in. So you, you are not forced onto it automatically. You are not on it. If you do not want to be on it, you have to approve of being on it, which is how all technology should, should be. True Damn that. It. Damn it. Yeah, except so. if you're in China and then you're still, you're getting tracked no matter what, but that's nothing <laughs> new. Yeah, that was really interesting about how basically China is starting to use the technology to add to their how we're going to control society system. <laughs> Yeah. The, uh, for me, though, the most interesting thing that came out of this article is as I'm scrolling down, it's like, oh, here's the new tool that we're all obsessed with at Fusion called Crystal. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the, the reason I kept the article in there, because this is the, the real kicker to me. Crystal shows you the best way to communicate with any coworker, prospect or customer based on their unique personality. What this thing is doing is going out and profiling you. Yep. Everybody. Yep. And it will tell you things about the person that you're writing to. And if you like are in the, the, the main pricing tier, you can even get example email templates that are based on the person's like, you know, temperament and what they like and all sorts of shit. It's right. I, I signed up to try and get in for the, for the launch, but uh, I'm still waiting. Yeah. I, I signed up as well, but I'm not going to jump ahead in line by tweeting and then inviting other people. So yeah, I hate, that. I that's, hate that's that. a load of shit. Um, <laughs> You know, th- this is big data. This is stuff we knew was going to come. Uh, how accurate is it going to be? Probably not very at all. Uh, and all of these things always keep, uh, keep they keep forgetting one of the main mainstays of human nature, which is if we know we're being profiled and sold to, we are more reluctant and we go, fuck you, I'm going to do something completely different. <laughs> Yeah, um, I've tried a couple of these systems. I want to. I want to get yeah, into this did. one. And what was the one that you tried like two weeks ago? You were talking or three weeks ago? You know, so- the funny the funny part is I've already uh, canceled my account, deleted <laughs> the apps. Um, I was getting notes every day on the people that I was meeting. It, it went through my Google Calendar and mm-hmm. would give me a dossier of the people that I was meeting, and almost 
all of them were completely useless right. and wrong. And it's like the wrong person. I'm like, okay, well, if you're going to give me a dossier on somebody, at least give me the right person. If it's the info is wrong, I at least want to be knowing that I'm looking at the right person. Well, I'm fairly sure that Crystal will get the information right because it is pulling through public, uh, public social networks and stuff. So, like are, that. so are just, these. So are these, right. dude. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's it's you know, big data is not always right. There's a lot. There's a lot of signal. The signal to noise issue is going to be a big problem for all these kind of companies. Yeah, and just cross pollination, people changing their handles. You know, it's like okay, my my handle has changed like ten times on Twitter. And it's actually going to change again soon. So, <laughs> since Kim dot com is not a thing anymore, Jason dot com is not really uh, relevant. So I might go back to one of my old handles. I still have them all. Of oh, course, I have about forty five of them. You are insane. I have one, and I still basically never use that. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, Business Insider has an interesting article on Mark Zuckerberg and. Uh, he responds to the internet.org, uh, you know, feedback that people are just like, oh, this is this is not good. This is not good. You need net neutrality. Right. Um, and I like it. I, I, I like his his response on this. Um, so it was I don't want to read the whole thing out loud, but it's the the what it comes down to is here. If you really want to get on the Internet for free mm-hmm. and just see a small subset of stuff for free. It's free. You don't, you know, we're giving this to you for free, but this is a taste of what the bigger internet is. And if you have money and you would like to get on the entire internet, by all means, buy a plan. Yeah. Got no problem with that. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's basically a free trial to the internet. Yeah. And that's totally fine. And that's the way it should be. But again, we've raised an entire generation of people that think everything should be free. But this is not for the, the, this entire generation. This is for like, you know, sub-Saharan Africa and oh, people know, who have never been on the internet before. Yes. And, and there's, uh, again, no issues with that. None at all. Let uh, You know, make sure that the basics that, that one would need uh, to survive and in society and that would help and benefit them is free. And if they want to look at porn, they're going to have to pay for it. Yes, Maslow's hierarchy right. of the internet porn infrastructure yeah, exactly. needs needs to be paid. Wikipedia can be free, but uh, the fun stuff and, you know, uh, Candy Crush, you got to pay for. Now, you've heard of the IAB, right? I have. Yes, the Inter- Interactive Advertising Bureau. Mm-hmm. They're starting a new campaign out now because they're like, right. oh, you know, here's the deal, everybody. Since ad blockers are everywhere, <laughs> we're going to own up to the fact that we fucked up. We have, really? we have crapped all over the internet and made it a terrible place for you to, to go to the point I, that, yeah. Yeah. Considering I still see flash ads on pages. Yes. Oh, we'll be getting a flash real quick. Um, so they have, they have launched the lean initiative. It's a uh, light encrypted ad choice supported, non-invasive ads. Mm-hmm. This is their new, uh, their new, was it uh, just the new face of the IAB. Um, there's okay. a there's a link in the show notes. We're going to see how this kind of what, what they're going to propose. Well, I'd like them to start with using a new font. This is horrible. This is uh, already bad design. I hate this font. Really? Yeah. Oh, can't, okay. Can't stand it. Well, uh, you know, you can change that in your browser preferences. That is true, but I like to see what uh, people intend for me to see. Okay. Security. Ha! Last segment, we were talking about flash ads. Uh-huh. Um, out today is the best uh, <laughs> vulnerability warning we've ever had. This is not hack of the week. This is not hack of the year. This is just hack of the century. Okay. We've always talked about flash as being a bad, bad thing. 
Yes. Well, now it has been confirmed that every version of Flash on every platform forever is vulnerable. <laughs> okay. The only way to get around this problem is to uninstall Flash, period. Uh, which I have done on all of my computers. It, well, here's the interesting thing on Chrome. You can't uninstall it, but you can disable it. Yes, you can disable it. So make sure it's disabled, but uninstall it on everything that you've ever ran Flash on, especially that old, like, you know, XP machine that's sitting in the basement that you, you pop up every now and again. Well, Although that thing's already compromised for to yeah, Alan back. I've got one of those, and it is sitting there, but I don't think I'm ever going to open it. <laughs> Just don't connect it to the network. No. Uh, Although, you know, air-gapped, so... <laughs> We know how well that works. Yeah, it don't matter. No. Uh, Kismet. Back to the wall screwed. Yeah, uh, uh, Kismet, the major plugin for WordPress, WordPress that has yeah. all of the uh, the spam crapioka in it. For stupid people that leave comments on. Uh-huh. I mean, I guess some sites you'd need it, but uh, in general, why would you? Yeah, um, Security, one of the plugins that I use for all of the uh, my security stuff, uh, their researchers actually notified Akismet of the, the vulnerability. It's another cross-site scripting vulnerability mm-hmm. about when you had uh, emoticons on, and that ships by default as on now. So if you run WordPress and Akismet, which almost everybody does, yes. go get your update right. or make sure your auto-updates are on. So your, Word, your WordPress site can break randomly in the middle of the night whenever they push an update. And luckily, you don't have your uh, iPad doesn't ring yet by your bedside when your clients call you. Uh, yeah, that's what uh, airplane or uh, was it? Do not disturb mode is for in the middle of the night. It's a beautiful mode. Hmm. Yep. So there's a new Edward Snowden in town. We yeah, don't we ex- don't know who he is. We yet, don't know though. who he is yet. Or and, she. Uh, or she. And or if, they. if if they slash he slash she slash it is smart, they will not do a Snowden and they will not come out uh, and say who they are because uh, unless you really like borscht. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Because uh, you're going to be eating that the rest of your life. Uh, but this is all about the U.S. military's drone program and how incredibly advanced and incredibly bad it is. Yeah, it's not really nice. We kill a lot of people. We kill a lot of people, and I don't think uh, the U.S. military ever needs to use the phrase boots on the ground anymore. Why bother? Yeah, death from above, more like. It's all death from above now. Yeah, there's uh, there are two pieces. You linked the one from Salon, which I... I I just said screw that and just went to the original, which is from the Intercept called the it's the Drone Papers, and it's a very pretty uh, piece of journalism. I think they did here. It's I mean it's great journalism, but they also made it look really good. Yeah, it almost looks like it's on medium. <laughs> no, it looks a lot better than <laughs> yeah, medium. <laughs> it looks a ton better. It is a it is beautifully done, and I did not uh, actually read this. I did look at it. It was fantastic because the uh, the overview from the Salon article was uh, depressing enough for me. Yeah, if you want to go deep and look at the slides that were released, definitely hit the Intercept version. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, check it out if you really want to get uh, a little bit more depressed. Right, I agree. <laughs> and if you want, <laughs> this one is just funny. Hackers can silently control Siri from 16 feet away. Yeah, I read this. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, using, using you know, standard radios, they, they tap into the, the headphone jack yeah, if you've got your headphones plugged in and you're listening to Siri or you're listening to your music, they can control Siri and own your phone. Awesome. The radio is not we by any stretch. I mean, they no. can, yeah, 
No, it's not. But I mean, you know, imagine you you would just if you wanted to do something crazy like this, uh, large shopping spaces. Uh, they, they tend to they're everywhere. They're in every major city, and the upstairs uh, are usually rented out for office spaces. So you just rent an office space at say Third Street Promenade, and you sit there with your gigantic radio, and you basically just own about ten thousand phones in two hours. Well, I was just going to throw it in a van and take it to Times Square. Or that, or just uh, do what the government does and rent a plane. Well, that's that's a low-flying plane. It's only 16 feet, man. Oh, well, you know. Details, details. Details, drone. details. Yeah. Yeah, little, little, little tiny drones. They just need to shrink the radio on this thing. Yep. They do have a version that can fit in a backpack, and you can just, you know, walk up to somebody and stand next to them at a crosswalk and, and do it. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to f- fix that one. <laughs> no, me either. You know, that's what I say. You just give up. Yeah. Uh, in France, what yes. is, what's France thinking? They want to uh, basically want to fingerprint everybody that's traveling through the EU. Now, the great thing about the EU is it's like, you know, open borders. You can just kind of roam around, right? Yes, that that is uh, that was definitely my experience. It was my first time really kind of doing that. I hadn't gone into... Uh, I hadn't gone anywhere other than than the United Kingdom since the whole EU thing started. And it was fantastic. It was so easy to get around. Yeah, I remember doing, uh, because when I was there, I was, you know, just turning 21. And it was way before the EU. And every border crossing, you know. But we got stamps. I I still still like these stamps. Missing the stamps is kind of a bummer. Uh, I'm glad I kept all my old passports that have all those in them. What I don't miss is getting woken up by... uh, the Italian police in the middle of the night, you know, tra- when we were traveling into Italy, that was yep. the first place when I'd been over there that I'd seen a gun. And right. these guys come marching on the on the train with guns, you know, like rifles drawn. I'm like, oh, OK, welcome to Italy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this is an interesting issue for the EU. Um, I, I get why you want fingerprints and, and I've given my fingerprints. I, I've I've joined uh, a couple of the different travel programs that allow me much quicker and faster uh, border crossings and things like that. Uh, and I'm fingerprinted for that. Um, I'm, I'm kind of okay with it, but the EU has basically said, we're going to try to make it easier. And now France is being France and making it harder. Yeah. They're wanting to make it harder. Uh, you know, I, fingerprinting fine. Uh, I, but I think it should be opt-in. Um, and it should get you some perks like it like it does for me because, you know, crossing when I go to Toronto, it takes me exactly two seconds. And I don't even talk to a person to get to do border crossings. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. If, if it, it is just like, OK, I go up, put my thumbprint in, you scan my retina. I don't care. And then I'm through. Yeah. I wish you could do that at airports right now. I would, I would sign up for that in a heartbeat. Uh, you, you basically can. Well, I mean, you, like for domestic flights. Oh, right, right. For to domestic. skip the TSA. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. Uh, yeah, the EU's got some weird stuff going on. There's a lot of different. I mean, uh, one of the coolest things that I saw. I mean, German privacy laws are so strong. Uh, when I did find, you know, free Wi-Fi signups and things like that, they are, you know, here if you like, say you're traveling and you and you don't find any free ones. Uh, or there are free ones, but you have to give them a bunch of information. They'll want your email address. They'll want your name and all and other demographics and so big data, right? Uh, that's how a lot of the the free internet, uh, free Wi-Fi things work here, work in Canada, work in England as yeah, well. You give them your marketing materials, and they'll send they'll send you some ads for in exchange for the Wi-Fi. Yes. Well, Germany's privacy laws do not let them do that. So basically, uh, they they put the form there, but you can skip it and basic and just get on the free Wi-Fi without giving any data. Well, that's nice. Isn't it nice? Germans really know what's going on. Except they all use Android. Except for that. 
comment of the week. Uh, comment of the week. Uh, our first is via Twitter from Elliot Earls. The grumpy old geeks seem to be obsessed with steganography. Sure, he's handsome, but I don't get it. And then there's a link to Stedman Graham, which is uh, the uh, Oprah's erstwhile boyfriend, or that they had a spiritual union with or something like that. I actually don't get this. I don't get it either. I, I'm pretty sure this is meant to be a joke and a f- very funny, but I'm not getting it. So, Elliot Earls, feel free to explain yourself. Yes, please explain. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, the best, that's the best kind of humor when you have to go explain it. Yes, you stumped us and we don't get it. Our next comment comes from uh, GOG.com, well, GrumpyOldGeeks.com, yep. from Craig uh, Tissinger. Is that how you say that? Tissinger? 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 Kissinger? Henry Kissinger. Singer. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about sorry about butchering your name. <laughs> Hi, Brian and Jason. I heard about your show from an old sponsored theme song of yours on The Morning Dump. Hey, that money went to good use. Woo-hoo. I have come to enjoy your podcast so much that I went back to the beginning and have started working my way through all of the episodes. We keep telling you people not to do that. <laughs> you poor bastard. <laughs> you discount yourselves as being tipsy and off target in the early shows, but I appreciated hearing you both speak on your backgrounds in those early editions. Happy listener. I can relate to both of you. Keep it up. Well, thank uh, you, Craig. Thanks, Craig. Uh, tipsy is, uh, we were drunk. Let's be honest. We let's were shit faced. Let's call a spade a spade. Uh, we were drunk. But yeah. uh, thank you very much. And yeah, that's awesome. Very nice of you. And uh, we have a five-star iTunes rating. So what is the title? And this is from Cold Dog. Enjoy the podcast. Don't always agree with the opinions, but so what? I don't always agree with my own opinions. Might want to go get that checked out. Talk to a doctor. <laughs> well, I, you know, hey, I, I actually, that, that kind of goes with what we do here. That is very true. Opinions so, change from week to week. Yes, they do. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Cold Dog. Thank you very much, Craig. Thank you very much, Elliot Earls, sort of. Uh, we appreciate any comments and questions that you may have. Please do try to get in touch with us on Twitter at GOG Podcast at GrumpyOldGeeks.com. Please give us a five-star iTunes rating at uh, GrumpyOldGeeks.com slash iTunes. Don't bother with Facebook. And, of course, Patreon. Patreon.com slash GOG. At the library. I finished a book. I finished uh, The Ghost Brigades, which is a follow-up to Old Man's War from John Scalzi. Yeah, uh, I think I'm done with this universe. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, all the reviews for the next set of books in the series, like, you know, I think, so I read one and two, so books four through six, I mean, (laughs) three through six, terrible reviews. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to, I think I'm going to end on a high note with this one. Cause it was even getting a little meh at the end of ghost brigades. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know if you listen to tested regularly or if listened to it recently, but, uh, Adam Savage and those guys have been really going off on, on Scalzi and how great all of his books are recently. So, well, good to know. No, the old man's wars where I, I, I found out about that book from, that podcast. And that's when I jumped into it. And then the next one is the ghost brigades. And it was a fun, it was a fun story, but kind of, it was, it was okay. Right. But it wasn't great. And I'd rather put my time into something that I think is going to be a little bit more great. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I also read a book, which was uh, all the traveling I was doing. You'd think I would have been reading more, but it was just a, 
pretty hectic and frantic getting around. And I, on the trains, I actually had to do a little bit of work. So that's when I had thought I would be reading. And then I watched a ton of movies and, you know, got drunk on planes, which that'll be the next, next segment. Uh, but I did pick up while I was traveling, I picked up, uh, Bill Bryson has always been one of my favorite travel writers. He's just, uh, he's written a ton of really enjoyable books. Um, he moved to Britain about 20 some odd years ago. And uh, one of the first books I ever read from him was his uh, Notes from a Small Island, I believe it was called, which is when he first went there and he talked about, you know, he traveled around and gave his impressions. And uh, he did it again uh, 20 years later. And this book is called The Road to Little Dribbling, Adventures of an American in Britain. Um, And it just seemed like an incredibly appropriate thing to be reading while I was over there. Uh, So I still haven't gotten to the some of the other books that I've been meaning to get to for ages. I, but I took a break. I read this. It's fantastic. Uh, Bill Bryson is just great. Uh, he has definitely gotten old and uh, and grumpy. He's a grumpy old not geek at, at, at this point. Uh, so it's a little bit uh, more get off my lawn that he's ever written before. But I liked it. It was, a, it was a great read. If you're a fan of Bill Bryson, uh, this is the newest. And you should get it and read it and enjoy it. I will definitely pick that up. I am a fan of his, and I haven't read anything from him in a long time. But um, his old book, A Short History of Nearly Everything, is one of the best books ever written. Yeah, I did love that book. I think the most, the last thing that he wrote was that whole book that explored uh, your house and how things came to be, like how how houses became got their structure and what foyers used to be for and how they transitioned into this and that and all that sort of stuff, which was fascinating. I mean, I have not read a bad book by him. Okay, yeah, that's called At Home, A Short History of Private Life. There you go. That was fucking fascinating. And I think that's the oh. last thing you wrote, and that was probably four or five years ago. Yeah, that was 2011. I'm going to have to pick that up because never, I've never heard of that book. Oh, that's great. It's absolutely great. I'll, I'll pop that in the show notes as well. Awesome. Media Candy. There is a trailer for a movie basically talking about Tower Records. Uh, All Things Must Pass is the name of the movie, towerrecordsmovie.com slash trailer. Um, Tower Records, I have spent so much money there. It's almost ridiculous. Uh, I had a crush on a girl that worked there. Uh, I basically went there every weekend. Uh, Tower Records was a huge part of me growing up, and it's one of those things that I always feel bad about because kids these days will not have those kinds of experiences. A lot of luminaries in it. It looks like it's going to be pretty interesting I guess it's hard to imagine how a, a movie about Tower Records, like a full anything more than thirty minutes, is going to happen. But we'll see. Uh, if you're into Tower Records, if you remember it, uh, if you remember fondly going around record stores, I highly recommend you check out the trailer. You should also check out uh, Colin Hanks Returns on the Nerdist podcast if you want a little bit a little bit of backstory on it. Okay, I'll, I haven't listened to the Nerdist in ages. I will definitely check that out. Yeah, I just I popped it on the other day, and they were talking about that because it's Colin Hanks's movie. Ah, there you go. That must be why he was on Corolla the other day. I didn't listen to that either. <laughs> uh, 40th anniversary of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And they're doing cinema screenings around the world. Uh, and hashtag, Blu-ray. Yes, hashtag Holy Grail 40. I, I think I might have to go out for this. Uh, did you also see the, I think, 14 minutes of animations that they found? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool as hell. Yeah, we got to put those in the show notes too. I, yeah, I watched I watched like half of it, but I had to get up and go to work, so yeah, I want to pick it up. I watched a little bit of it too. It's a fourteen minute straight of animation for Monty Python's a little bit rough to do in one go, right? But the 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 commentary was pretty fun. 
Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and some news came out about uh, the artists uh, that they're using in Homeland. Oh, yeah, this uh, is great. <laughs> this is awesome. They've been planting messages, uh, basically, because nobody really checks anything. And, uh, you know, this is what happens. So Homeland is racist, is painted in Arabic on the set of the show. And since uh, nobody working on the show apparently reads Arabic, they did not notice. Right. The only people that did, that did are the people that were making the messages. So they they were just uh, they're putting some <laughs> Easter eggs in, which I think is yeah, great. That's good times. And, and nothing, you know, very, very funny. Actually, I'm you know, I'm sure it's supposed to be some sort of political commentary, but, you know, it's funny. <laughs> and uh, as I mentioned, uh, I do. I, I'm not a big movie guy. Jason's the movie guy on this show. Uh, but uh, when I do fly, I do like to get drunk and watch movies. OK, let's have them. and uh, there's there was a lot of flying. There was a lot of flying going on, so there's a lot of movies. So, I, in ascending order of decentness, this is what I watched. So we're start, we're starting it with with crap first. We're starting with the crap and then moving to decent. Uh, Terminator Genesis. God, that was a horrible piece of shit. I can't believe you spent your time on that one. Dude. Even the trailer. I wanted my life back after watching the trailer on that one. Again, I've spent roughly combined about twenty six hours on planes. Okay. So <laughs> I, I was getting down to the dregs at this point. Uh, and plus, you know, the whiskey thing. So yeah, Terminator Genesis, absolutely horrible. I don't know why they bothered making it. It, it was ridiculous. Money. Um, they wanted more money. I guess. I hope they're done. I hope, uh, please no more. It's, you've ruined the entire world. Go back and watch the original. That's it. Uh, Jurassic World. It, yeah, yeah, it was fine. <laughs> uh, you know, oh, okay. Yeah, great. It was popcorny. It's popcorny. It's fine. You get to see dinosaurs run around, but again, out of ideas. And who the fuck in the real world would actually back back one of these parks anymore? I mean, how many times have, have has this not worked for people? <laughs> Every time. Every single time, it's not worked. Yet they keep doing it, and there's some shady guy that's always trying to do something with the military. Blah blah blah. Yeah, this one they should have uh, stopped at one as well. But uh, Terminator Two. I, I just want to back up for a second because you always oh, yeah. watch the first one. Terminator Two was awesome. Sorry, that's a very good point. Terminator One and Terminator Two were excellent. Uh, Jurassic and, Park, and, just stick with one. Who's the guy that's the main star in Jurassic World? That's a big star for some reason. Chris, I, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Uh, he had no personality in this movie. He was much better in Guardians of the Galaxy. I'll give you that. He was decent in that. I don't understand why he's a big star based on Jurassic World, though. That was horrible. Because the girls think he's dreamy. Yeah, whatever. All right, moving on to uh, a somewhat feminist flick, surprisingly, Mad Max Fury Road. Now, yeah. okay, I want to hear what you have to say about this, because this is pretty far down the list. I, I'm not, a, I, I, I don't get I didn't it. Li- I didn't like it. Uh, I don't feel that there was, a- it it didn't change throughout the entire movie. There was no up, no down, no story, no nothing. Just continuous. We're driving and shit's happening. That's it. I was so bored. I didn't care about anyone. I didn't care about the characters. I, I couldn't have, I, I barely made it through. I think I nodded off a couple times. The thing about this movie is this is not a, this is not plane watching movie. This is going to the theater, getting surrounded by it movie. Yeah, it was amazing in the theater. That is probably the only thing that would have made it decent. Uh, I just felt like, again, there was uh, you want you want a little bit. You want an ebb and flow. You want some up and down. You want some crescendo. You want some nothing. It was it was flat the whole way through. And the flat was, you know, amped up and and hardcore. And I guess if you had very loud sound going on and all that sort of thing. it And 3D, it was in the theater. I I had a great time with this movie in the theater. All right. I thought it was a nothing movie. Yeah, don't watch it on a plane. Don't watch action movies like that on a plane. Oh, uh, well, to be Ant-Man, not bad. Really? I was surprised. I was expecting it to be totally shit, but Paul Rudd really saved it. 
Okay. Because I don't like Paul Rudd. And I'm, that's why no, I'm not really you're, that you're big not, into it. You're not going to like it then. Uh, <laughs> I was surprised to see, uh, not Kirk Douglas, uh, what's his, Michael Douglas was actually in it and, and pretty good as well. Um, I I know nothing about Ant-Man. I'm not a, I, I, I don't really give a shit about the Avengers and there was some tie-ins with that. And I don't give a shit about superhero movies, but I actually thought this was cute and I enjoyed it. Okay. I'll check it out when it comes out on the DVDs. Yeah. It's, you know, it's in the middle of the list, so it's not like it was great or anything, but it, it was decent. Uh, Amy, the documentary about Amy Winehouse. Uh, again, I watched uh, I watched these two movies that I'm about to talk about on the way to England, so it was perfect. Um, that was absolutely fantastic. Uh, if, uh, you don't even really need to be that into Amy Winehouse uh, because it's there's not a lot of performance or things like that, but it is a great story of... Of uh, you, you find out how musically talented she was. She was an absolute genius. She really, really was, um, and just how unprepared she was for fame, fucked up background, all that sort of thing. Um, you know, friends and family basically screwing her over, going after money. Just how horrible everything went for her when she got everything she wanted, and how it destroyed her. And it was a great documentary. Yeah, I really want to see this one. I'm just worried it's going to be super depressing. But it is. Yeah. It is beyond depressing, but uh, again, it's. I think people go, "Oh yeah, Amy Winehouse, she could sing." Uh, you have no idea how musically talented she was, and that was the really cool part of the doc. So, and then finally, Control, which is the story of Joy Division, uh, shot by Anton Corbin. And if you're aware of how his photography and any of his video stuff looks like, uh, you know exactly how this movie is going to look the whole way through. Uh, it's black and white. It's very dark. It's very depressing. It's, um, uh, yeah. Okay. I love how you're ending on a high note here. Oh, but it was amazing. I mean, it was so good. Uh, I'm a huge Joy Division fan anyways. Um, and to see the story and they nailed that time period in, in music and in Britain so well. And, uh, the characters were great. And who knew that Peter Hook was such an asshole? I love it. He was a funny fucking asshole that hated everybody else in the band, which is probably why he's not in the band anymore. New Order, Mm -hmm. you know, continuing on from Joy Division. Uh, but it was great. Uh, again, another tale of a very talented, a musician that just really couldn't handle life or fame. And uh, no, I am going out on a, on a high note because there is one more movie and this was actually unbelievably good. Uh, I loved every second of it and it's a kid's movie, Inside Out by Pixar. I've heard nothing but great things about this. I started watching it the other night and fell asleep, so I uh, need to go back to it. You need to go back to it. And again, I, I will blame alcohol and altitude. I cried, a little tear. Everybody I know that has seen this movie has cried. It, so. <laughs> it, it it tugs at the heartstrings, and yet it's also there are parts that are laugh out loud funny. This was fantastically done. I think it's probably my favorite Pixar movie ever. All right, I, yeah, I've heard that as well, which is yeah. which is crazy because you know there's a lot of really good Pixar movies. But yeah, there are a lot of great ones, and if you have not seen Inside Out, uh, do so immediately. I can't recommend it enough. Now, are you excited that The Incredibles two is coming? Uh, no, you didn't like The Incredibles. <laughs> I thought it was okay. Okay. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I know it's, it, uh, I, I, I would like to see another original idea rather than sequels. Okay. It's, that's fine with me. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about the Martian real quick. Uh, did you see it? Yes, I have. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen it yet? No, I, I was, it, it came out the day I was, uh, the day I left. So, uh, you need to get on that. I know I do. Yeah. Um, but take your time. That's okay. all I'm going to say. <laughs> don't, you don't have to rush. <laughs> all right. 
but I, I am going to go out on a high note. We'll, we'll just circle back on Martians when, on the Martian, when you uh, get to it. Okay. I, did, I also want to comment the, the website for the Martian. What a steaming pile of crap. We used to give a shit about making movie websites. This thing is just brochureware. It's terrible. Yeah. Well, nobody cares anymore and they don't want to spend any money on it. It looks, uh, the whole website looks like an ad banner. Yeah. I think, I think what we really determined back in the day when we spent millions of dollars on, on movie websites is they don't really sell tickets or at least they don't anymore. Back in the day they might, but they yep. don't do that anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm going out on the high note, the Raven by Edgar Allan Poe read by Christopher Walken. That excites me to no end. And I will be listening to it tonight. It's like eight minutes long. Go listen to it. It's great. All I just Thanks. want, and there's sadly no cowbell, but it is a great read. Does he, does he happen to mention champagne at all? I, I don't recall. Damn. The web's not dead. Oh no, it's not. I found a great article in the Atlantic this week about how the, the web is disintegrating. You know, <laughs> we used to say that once it's on the internet, it's always on the internet. Not so much anymore. Turns out that's really not true. And you know, there are, there are places like the internet archive who are trying to save everything, but I found in through, you know, just my travels on there from my old sites that domains that have been, you know, dropped and bought by somebody else. If you put a robots.txt file that says no in it, yeah. then mm -hmm. they will not show the old stuff. So my old websites are like being held hostage by somebody with a crappy robots, you know, text file. Yeah. And you just have to wait for somebody else to buy the domain and hopefully they don't have one and then they'll unlock <laughs> your old stuff. But yeah. this is this is a great story about um, this journalist who did a piece on called The Crossing. And okay. it was it was for who was that again? Oh, the Rocky Mountain News. And it's this really long piece, but it was, a you know, just a great web epic story from way back in the day. And it just disappeared when the when the paper went under. Right. And his his, you know, his story about how he got it back. And how it's back on the internet. And just because he just happened to have a backup CD sitting around. <laughs> You're right, right. Uh, and, you know, I'm glad he got it off of the backup CD because half of my backup CDs from back in the day on the web, all gone. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting read. And, you know, I'd kind of like sometime you and I should talk about this a little more because, you know, and, and the, one of the great quotes, in 1994, there were fewer than 3,000 websites online. <laughs> that's yeah. that stat alone is crazy because I think I had two of those, two of those 3000 were mine <laughs> and I had at least one. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we always did, that was the promise. And we always thought that, you know, once it was out on the web, it was up there forever. And, and, um, that was true for a very long time, but, uh, yeah, we're seeing things go away and, and all the backups, like I've got everything, everything I ever did is burned on a CD, but I probably, if I put, pulled some of those out, they probably wouldn't even work anymore. Yeah. You know what? The, I had a huge problem with that because we burned those CDs way back on like, you know, well, you did it on a PC. I did it on Macs, yeah. you know, on system seven, system eight, system nine yeah. and OS 10 half of the time it wouldn't read them. So I yeah. spent, I spent maybe like three weeks taking all of those CDs, ripping them you know, onto a hard drive, but the uh, the way the directory structure was set up, it wouldn't list any of the files in the directory, even though they were there. Right. It was the it was the craziest thing. But I lost you know some of my really original work 
Right. The first website stuff, like the first spe- incarnation of the spew, gone. Which I, which I wrote for. <laughs> I th- you wrote for the third incarnation. Uh, was it the third incarnation? Okay. Yeah, because the first one was uh, when I was in working overnight at Kinko's back in Chicago. That was the right. first spew. And then when I got out and met you, we were probably on number three after the third design. Yeah. I, I, I still have your reviews if you want them. No, uh, that'd actually be interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Why not? <laughs> so uh, check out the crossing though. It's, it's kind of cool. It's a really cool story about uh, a bus getting hit by a train. Okay. Up- <laughs> uplifting. Yes. Lots of dead children. Okay. Well, keeping up with the uplifting thing, this is, I ran across this and this is ironically on a site called brightside.me. Um, six harsh, harsh truths, which will make you a better person. It is a listicle, but I think it's a good listicle. And I think that, uh, you want to get an insight into my personality. I could have written this damn thing, um, and I love it. Uh, everything is good. I'm just going to give you the rundown, and I think that uh, everybody should go read this article and read the uh, stories and points behind all of these six points. Uh, the first one, the world only cares about what it can get from you. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, number five, the hippies were wrong. Basically, I don't get that one. What's that mean? Uh, basically all this bullshit about sunshine and love and everybody's good and you're not your job. Yes, you are. And (laughs) people are not that good and everyone sucks. Uh, Number four, what you produce does not have to make money, but it does have to benefit people. I do like that one quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Number three, you hate yourself because you don't do anything. And I find that to be incredibly true. I find that most of the people that are angry and frustrated and hate everything all the time uh, do not get off their asses. And all they do is sit and fucking read bullshit on, online and look <laughs> at porn and uh, uh, you know text each other stupid shit. Get off your ass and go do something and you'll be in a better mood. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I make stuff all week long. Exactly. Make things and you'll be in a better mood. Number two, what you are inside only matters because of what it makes you do. This is also true. Who Nobody gives a fuck about what is on go, going on inside you or what you think about things, but that should make you get up and do something and put something out into the world and that people will care about. And number one, everything inside you will fight improvement. And if you are at all aware of yourself, you know this is true. <laughs> it's a tough one. It does fight back. Yeah. This yeah. is, I mean, this is what I deal with on my day job. We are, we are about improving people yes. and it is difficult. Yes, you have to I, really want it. Yes, and I believe all six of these points are extremely true. And uh, once you accept them, you will have a better and happier life. See, ended on a high note. Closing shout outs. I want to give a shout out to my Los Angeles Dodgers, who unfortunately screwed the pooch last night and are no longer in the running and have ended their season. Uh, unfortunately, because of uh, the way baseball works, uh, this. This team will not be back next year. Uh, we expect a lot of people to jump ship and, and probably the manager to get fired. Uh, but you gave me a great season nevertheless, and uh, I enjoyed watching, and it's very sad. I'd also like to give a huge shout-out to Europe, all of it, because they treat you like an adult there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm coming back to the U.S. What I'm going to need you to do for me right now, sir, sir, uh, you can't do that, sir. You can't do this. You can't do that. We're protecting you, sir. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> all right. So there you go. Welcome home. Yes, it's good to be back, you fucking Prius assholes. Well, you know, you Dodgers are out, but the Cubs are still in. I know, I know. It's the I, I really hope the whole uh, Back to the Future thing comes out true. It would be great if they actually won. <laughs> yep, yeah, that, that would be nice, just so people would shut up about it. Yeah, exactly. And I'd like to throw a good shout-out to uh, Jordan Cooper for helping out last week. Really appreciate it. And, yeah, thank uh, you, Jordan. And I, I, I also really appreciate the sports explaining because I, I got a lot out of that. 
surprisingly. Maybe you'll become a sports ball fan. No. Thanks for listening. I'm Jason DeFilippo, and you can check me out at jpd.me, even though I haven't updated it since May, but that's going to change soon. I promise. Uh, we've heard these things before. And I'm Brian Schilmeister, and you can follow me on Twitter at Fungus, which uh, basically I never tweet anyways, but I tell you that all the time. Until next time. Grumpy Old Geese is a fan-supported show. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG. We really appreciate your support, and we could use it. If you don't want to or can't donate but still want to support the show, please go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes and leave us a few words and five stars, and please do tell a friend about the show. Intro music for the show is provided by the band Among Us. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and Tidal. Or you can donate through the Grumpy Old Geeks Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG to get 10 exclusive tracks. Outro music for the show is provided by Andy Swachansky. You can follow Andy at twitter.com slash houseofandy. And he's also on SoundCloud at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash Andy. Show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 132. Once... Upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door.